We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX is clipped. Now streaming only on Hulu. All right. Can't celebrate. Too much work to do uh, before Election Day and maybe after Election Day. But it's looking very, very good, these midterms, for the sane people out there, right? It looks like the Democrats are going down for a huge defeat. But again, can't take anything for granted. However, this looks good. Take a look at some of these polls. And keep in mind how skewed these polls can sometimes be. But it shows uh, Republican Lee Zeldin ahead of Kathy Hochul in New York. Overwhelmingly Democrat in New York. Very, very promising. In Pennsylvania, Dr. Ross almost approaching a commanding lead over John Fetterman. And after tonight's debate, I think that lead will increase for Dr. Ross. Uh, very promising also in Michigan. She's slightly behind, but everything, the momentum seems to be on her side. In Arizona, Yes, uh, this is approaching a commanding lead as well for Carrie Lake. And most gratifying to me, Herschel Walker is still standing and in the lead after that horrible and totally unfair and sleazy smear job against him. Um, I think it's going to be beautiful. Now, look, by the way, I've always been upfront with you. This is an opinion show. All right. I am rooting for one side, I've always been conspicuous about that. A lot of other shows, they pretend they're neutral, but they're not. All right. Now, who's the real culprit here? You know what? It just might be arrogance. Arrogance and tone deafness. Who remembers the story of Marie Antoinette? Right? She was looking down at all those peasants uh, starving, and they wanted bread, and she said, well, let them eat cake. Right? Horrible moment. So out of touch. How about George W. Bush? May 1st, 2003, we had eight years of fighting left in Iraq, and the, the message was mission accomplished. And the latest entry into historic misstatements, Joe Biden, just the other day, as he sucked on that ice cream cone, our economy is strong as hell. The image, the message, the arrogance, this guy is so wildly out of touch. So is his party, focusing on non-issues that they're... You know, gender stuff, and it's crazy. It's crazy. And they're about to uh, face the music, aren't they? And by the way, Joe and his ice cream, there may be a medical reason for his uh, fixation. And let's face it, it is a fixation.
name is Joe Biden. I love ice cream. I'm an ice cream guy. Is the ice cream down that way? Y'all gotta eat this ice cream. I mean, what's the big deal? I'm sorry about that. What is the big deal? Could this be? We all know that Joe is having problems, right? He is. Could it be the ice cream uh, fascination, fixation, has something to do with his brain? I'm not kidding here. There's all kinds of research out there from the scientific community that says ice cream can have a minimizing effect on Alzheimer's disease or dementia. No joke, as he would say. Let's go through it. Uh, this study introduced recent advances regarding the protective effects of dairy product intake against dementia and cognitive decline. This will help with the development of new approaches for the prevention of dementia. All right, next, please. The power of ice cream from the Alzheimer's Association. Ice cream brings people with dementia to happier, warmer times. For people with dementia, ice cream is far more effective and safe than Prozac or any other happy drug on the market. Milk intake at midlife and cognitive decline. Oh, boy. A meta-analysis that examined the potential relationship between dairy products and cognitive function showed that the highest level of milk intake was significantly associated with a lower risk of cognitive disorders. This would explain a lot. It would confirm the dementia. Well, we don't need confirmation. Uh, why he's so fixated on the ice cream. And all of it would explain why he's adopting crazy lunatic policies of the far left. I feel very, very strongly that, uh, that you should have every single solitary right, including, including use of your gender identity bathrooms in public. Thank you. All right. I'm always hearing about the threat to democracy Republicans pose, right? How about this? They are so wildly out of touch. If this is a democracy, you should listen to the people. And 75% of the folks believe the transgender movement has gone too far. And this thing about the men's room and the women's room, yeah, this is a problem. You know, you notice any men's room or women's room in America, even in the school, it doesn't say what ages. It just says man or woman. So you could be little kids in there with big grown adults. Now, we really shouldn't have to defend this or even go there. It should be automatic and understood. But consider this. When it comes to child molestation, uh, overwhelmingly, they are men. All right? Overwhelmingly. Biological men, whether they're of that inclination or not, should never be in a room with girls with little girls. Of course not. But the way it's configured and the way Joe Biden wants it, they will have access. They will have access. It's happening way too fast. They don't know what the hell they're doing. And there are some people, even from academia, which tends to tilt left, are saying, are you crazy? Are you nuts? Do you know what you're doing here with this stuff? Listen to this uh, amazing scientist. Being male or being female is a developmental process. You can't go backwards. Okay. So you can't change your sex. Currently in California prisons and prisons in other parts of the country, women are getting impregnated by other women. And there's just no way. That, I mean, this is against the UN. 
Women have internalized misogyny to the point where the man's comfort is, takes precedence over the woman's safety. There's a reason why they don't want to be in men's prisons, because men beat each other to death. Women don't do that. She's right. She's right. And there's a reason why we segregate the sexes in prison and in bathrooms. And Joe, who was lunch pail, regular guy, Scranton Joe. But now he's just hanging on for dear life. Anything he has to do to stay in power because he's weak, he is vulnerable, and he's losing it right before our eyes. I mean, what happened, what happened this weekend? I'm sorry, it bears repeating. Joe seemed to nod off right in front of a friendly reporter. Couldn't even handle the questions from a guy who's totally on Joe's side. I have not made that formal decision, but it's my intention. My intention to run again. And we have time to make that decision. Uh, Dr. Biden is for it. Mr. President. Oh, Dr. Biden thinks that uh, my wife thinks that. Uh, that I uh, that, that we're that we're doing something very important and that I shouldn't walk away from it. Dr. Biden, if she's conscious, knows that Joe has a very serious problem, and so do the rest of us, actually, in this position. Joe is very weak, obviously, and that means he can't stand up to the woke left. Even if he was inclined to stand up to the woke left, he can't do it. This uh, congresswoman from Massachusetts, Presley, I think her name is, who's in charge in this photo? Who's trying to please who? Uh, she is judging Joe, not the other way around. AOC has more moral authority and clout in today's Democrat Party than Joe Biden does. So Joe will not fight for us. Lunch pail Joe, regular guy Joe, Scranton Joe. If it was ever true for a moment, it's not true anymore. He is just trying to survive. He won't fight for us. But it's really amazing. Donald Trump is fighting for us, and a few others, and also good old American citizens, regular people. Like this guy. Do you remember this in Loudoun County? He, um, he showed up at a school board meeting to defend or speak out about his daughter who was assaulted by a transgender individual in the girls' room. You see what they did to him? They arrested him. And then online, he was cyberbullied. Cyberbullied because guess what? You know, he's a middle aged guy and he's not ripped. He's not an Instagram model, but you know what? This is one of the most heroic images I've ever seen, ever. I put it right up there with Iwo Jima. I'm not kidding. Absolutely. This guy is, you know, everybody, <laughs> I, I just think it's a beautiful thing, standing up for your family in the face of that brutal force, even 9-11, even Tiananmen Square. Um, this individual is a hero. There are so many heroes out there, so many. Meanwhile, Joe... He does not have the ability to stand up, to speak out for sanity. He'll sign anything they put in front of him. Anything. And you know what? The American people deserve to be heard on this. Why is he blowing us off? Why are so many people blowing us off? Can I see that poll again, please? Uh, this was 75% believe transgender. The transgender movement has gone too far. How about this from uh, England? They say they've done a study here, the National Health Service. Doctors must be mindful that this may be a transient phase, transient phase, that a gender dysphoria patient 
will probably grow out of it, especially when they're a kid. Happens all the time. Don't conduct this irreversible procedure, the hormone therapy, the sex change operations. Next, please. The National Health Service said there is evidence that in most cases, gender incongruence does not persist into adolescence. But with all of the influencers out there trying to make this so trendy and trying to keep it a secret from parents, it's the least we could expect from a president to back us up on this one. But he won't. He is weak at home and abroad. Did you hear what happened with uh, MBS? Remember, we wanted oil. They said no, and Joe went home. Well, they were taking notes, the Saudis, about Joe Biden, and it's not pretty. The Wall Street Journal reports uh, U.S.-Saudi relations buckled, driven by animosity between Biden and uh, the prince. An unwritten pact binding U.S. and Saudi Arabia has survived 15 presidents and seven kings. Now it is fracturing under two leaders who don't like or trust each other. Uh, Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salam mocks President Biden in private, making fun of the 79-year-old's gaffes and questioning his mental acuity. And he has told advisors he hasn't been impressed with Mr. Biden since his days as vice president and much preferred former President Donald Trump. Who'd have thunk it, huh? We in the Saudis, we have more in common than we thought. We'll be right back. So uh, the debate in Pennsylvania, Dr. Oz versus John Fetterman, a total catastrophe for Fetterman and a huge clear cut victory, in my opinion, for Dr. Mehmet Oz. He will be the next United States senator from Pennsylvania. People have to go out and vote. But uh, this was a bad night for Fetterman and an excellent night for Oz. Take a look. Now, we, we all have to make sure that everyone that works is able to. That's that's the most American bargain, that if you work full time, you should be able to live in dignity as well. True. And I believe they haven't have any businesses being being. Uh, we can't have businesses being subsidized by not paying ind uh, individuals that just simply can't have to, to pay their own way. All right, that was probably his clearest moment of the night. Most of it was gibberish, literally gibberish. Dr. Oz had a very good night. We'll have more on that in just a bit with Senator, former Senator Rick Santorum from Pennsylvania. In New York, Hochul versus Lee Zeldin, Governor Hochul versus Congressman Zeldin. There's Kathy. I do believe that Zeldin nailed it, my opinion, but he won. But it's about getting the guns off the streets. That's the first start. We have more to do, but I'm the one to do it. Did you want to respond? Yes. Yeah. yeah, of course. I, and unfortunately, Kathy Hochul believes 
that the only crimes that are being committed are these crimes with guns. And you, you have people who are afraid of being pushed in front of oncoming subway cars. They're being stabbed, beaten to death on the street with hammers. Go talk to the Asian American community and how it's impact them with the loss of lives. Jewish people targeted with raw, violent anti-Semitism on our streets. It just happened yet again. We need to be talking about all of these other crimes, but instead, Kathy Hochul's too busy patting herself on the back. Job well done. No, actually, right now, there should be a special session. The state legislature should come back and they should overhaul Castle's bail and these other pro-criminal laws with zero tolerance. But they're saying, elect me. She says, elect me, and then you'll find out where maybe I'll stand on this issue in January. Good for him. Good for him. He was speaking for so many of us. I was very, very impressed. All right, Microsoft, meanwhile, big company. You know, you hear a lot about Apple, but Microsoft, the most powerful and valuable company in the world as of 2021. And Bill Gates... He's still kind of running the place. I don't trust him. I do like Warren Buffett, though. Um, Microsoft just came out with a new gay pride flag. All right. Now, the old gay pride flag is uh, this one. As you know, it was on a lot of churches for some reason during gay pride month. Microsoft has upped it. This, they say, is the new gay pride flag that uh, somehow celebrates the 40 different gender identities. We're expanding our design to represent 40 LGBTQIA plus communities. There are 40. I had no idea. And here they are. Uh, whew, uh, that's a lot. Abrosexual. Uh, oh, gay and lesbian. I understand that. I don't know what abrosexual is. Ambiamorous. No. Maverick. Trigender. This is, um, this is sad. You know what flag I love? This one. The American flag. Really. I'd like to see a de-emphasis, de-emphasis of all flags except that one. Even state flags. Do you even know what your state flag looks like? Uh, vaguely. Vaguely. All right. We can keep the state flags, but this should be primary, don't you think? All right. I'd like you to uh, take a look at this guy. I'm not a fan. His name is Matthew Dowd, a Republican strategist for a long time. He helped George W. Bush sell the war in Iraq and also gave him all kinds of talking points when we didn't find weapons of mass destruction. He has since, I believe, bolted the Republican Party. Now he's uh, going whichever way the wind blows. And he said the most absurd thing the other day that it's absurd, but I think it actually needs to be addressed. Are you ready for this? On MSNBC, what else do we expect? I'm not calling, uh, I'm not going to say that, you know, the GOP are Nazis at this point or whatever, but it certainly sounds very familiar to what happened in Germany. Adolf Hitler gets a third of the vote. Nobody thought it could happen there. They kind of went along because they said he was going to solve the economy and fix inflation. Yeah, Uh, that's right. You can hear those sorts of things. And then, oh, lo and behold, a few years later, they lost their democracy, and they're all like, how'd that happen here? That's my worry. That is my worry. If Obviously, the price of a hamburger, the price of milk, the, the price of gas is concerning. But what is what the, that is a short-term problem. The loss of a democracy will decimate everyone's freedom. These are the people who are the threat to democracy. Absolutely. This man actually believes, and he has influence, believe it or not, that January 6th was worse than September 11th. And I think he's also a threat to, uh, well, not a threat per se, but um, he just doesn't seem to be proud of his um, gender or ethnicity. Is this a self-hating guy or what? Take a look at his advice. Us white male Christians need to step back 
and give others room to lead. Yes, you're supposed to be quiet if you're white, male, and Christian. No, this sounds something more akin to uh, a crazy dictator, something they would might say. Look, he's a bad guy. Uh, I'm sure he's nice to his family, but he's a guy who did work for Arnold Schwarzenegger, right, when he was running for governor. And guess what? After the campaign was over, Dowd started dating Maria Shriver. Yes, the, man, the woman who was married to Arnold Schwarzenegger. I don't trust that guy one bit. All right. Moving on to Arizona, it's looking very, very good for Carrie Lake. Of course, the fake news, they, they hate her and they want to stop her, in part because they're jealous. She was a reporter and an anchor, and now she's running circles around them, and she could have real influence very, very soon in the governor's mansion. Uh, Jonathan Carl went out there, I'm not a fan, and announced that he was out there to take her down. No candidate has been more forceful in spreading Donald Trump's lies about the election than the Arizona Republican candidate for governor, Carrie Lake. When I sat down with her earlier this week, we talked about her campaign and some of her policy proposals. That interview aired on GMA3 on Friday. When Lake brought up false claims about election fraud, the conversation turned to 2020. Here is that part of the interview. This is some sort of trickery on his part. First of all, just to call somebody you're about to interview a liar. No, we can have our concerns about the 2020 election. We believe that there are major problems and there is evidence that backs that up. You can call us a liar. You can think that, I guess. It's totally unfair. And if you're a neutral person, you're supposed to be, you know, the mainstream media, you shouldn't be doing that. Also, what the hell is GMA3? Did you notice that? Uh, we aired the policy stuff on GMA3. Good Morning America Part 3? I don't know what that is. It's not the regular Good Morning America. Anyway, uh, here's some of the interview. I certainly hope that we're going to talk more than about elections today because I sat here today to talk about my policy. Well, we've been talking about a whole bunch of other things besides elections, but but since you but brought up... I find up, it funny. Since, that, since you brought up... I didn't ask about 2020. I, I just asked... Uh, I do find it funny that the media thinks I'm, I'm only talking about elections. I'm talking about a lot of things. But, but, but let's be completely clear. You actually brought it up, not me. I asked you about uh, about the rules and about early voting and if you would change the rules. I, I didn't ask you about 2020. And I want you, to you explain to you why mail-in ballots can be fraught with error. Why it is that you have not said, or maybe you'll do it now, you have not said that you will accept the certified results of this election, even if you lose this I, election. I will accept the results of this election if we have a fair, honest, and transparent election. Absolutely, 100%. So, so if... if, if if you were to lose and you're ahead, but, but if you were to lose and you went out and you had all your appeals, they went through. As long as it's fair, honest, and transparent. It's certified. I mean, who's going to determine that? Are you going to determine that? Or, or what, oh, if, if it's a like certified. my opponent might have to determine that. Well, that's she is an the interesting, secretary. That's she an interesting conundrum. What a sneaky little twerp that guy is, huh? Oh, you brought up the 2020 election. That's all they do is talk about January 6th, the mainstream media. They keep it going and listen to him almost try to heckle Carrie Lake while she's speaking, muttering about Bill Barr, Bill Barr, and lies. The Republican candidate for Senate running along with you, uh, the Republican attorney general under, under Donald Trump, Bill Barr, all said that there, that there wasn't, you know, that, that the election was 
was not stolen. Are we going to sit and litigate this? No, I, I'm I, happy I, I'm to just, do it. I'm, I'm just but, wondering why but, they would all lie. You guys I mean, are obsessed. Well, we have a lot of corruption in this system, and they don't want... I think a lot of people who were responsible for that election know that there were rules broken and laws broken. And they don't want to admit faults, okay? Like Bill Barr, and that's he, fine. We're going to go forward, and we're going to make sure going forward our elections are secure. Keeps mentioning Bill Barr. Bill Barr. Well, what about Bill Barr? I mean, he says, let's talk about Bill Barr. This has not gotten enough attention. Bill Barr, in the summer of 2020, when they were changing all the rules, when I believe in certain areas they were cheating, Bill Barr was nervous and worried and tried to alert the world. Well, this is playing with fire. This is playing with fire. We're a very closely divided country here. And if people have to have confidence in the results of the election and the legitimacy of the government and people trying to change the rules to this to this methodology, which, as a matter of logic, is very open to fraud and coercion, is reckless and dangerous. And the people are playing with fire as a matter of logic, as a matter of logic, it's open to fraud and coercion. Imagine that. Imagine that. And instead, they ignore all that, and they take the seven seconds from the January 6th phony hearing, selectively edited, and take that one. No, no. And how about that Jonathan Carl? He shows up calling everybody a liar. I mean, I think it takes one to know one, actually. First, he does it all the time. For Lake and others, repeating Trump's lies about the 2020 election, a race with national repercussions because it has been one animated by lies. Still, Richer is bombarded every day with lies from his own party's leadership. Election lies have propelled Lake to stardom among the Trump diehards. The denial was not accurate. The denial was, in fact, a lie. Wow. It's pretty, uh, pretty quick with the accusatory finger there, huh? Well, um... This guy has been known to tell a lie or two. In fact, he did it to me right on this show. And there's a big backstory here, but uh, you tell me, does he look like he just got caught? Here we go. Jonathan, let's talk a little bit about what set him off. You mentioned the polls that you had, but you yeah. did not mention the two polls that showed him beating yeah. Hillary Clinton. You admit that you... Your polls were mistaken or you didn't have all the polls. So you yeah, confronted yeah, no, you right. confronted him with information that wasn't accurate and he got very, very angry. Now, did that make your final report? Well, um, I didn't actually find out about those polls until I was writing the book. And and I'm very candid in the book. I, I try to be, you know, completely honest and transparent in in, in this book. I I try to explain what it was like to, you know, this this relationship, what it was like to cover him, the story of how he got to the White House. And in this case, uh, I got to tell you, this was this was a remarkable uh, situation. Actually, I'm glad you asked me about this because I haven't talked. Nobody's asked me about this in, in an interview yet. Busted. Totally busted throughout throughout. There are things that weren't in the book that should have been in the book that he kept out. There are things that he didn't tell his viewer. And he was deceptive. And some would call that a lie. I don't like to do that, but yeah, I think it applies. He's so liberal with the term, right? Yeah, I busted him. He's a great big phony like the rest of them in the swamp. All right, stay with us. Ooh, we have another book report coming up on the book du jour. Uh, what's it called? Confidence Man. The book is actually a con. We'll be right back. 
to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. All I can say is that the fake news just doesn't get it, do they? And they all love this silly fake book by Maggie Haberman uh, about Donald Trump that portrays him very, very negatively. It is phony, it is fake, full of distortions and flat-out mistakes, maybe even lies. And that's why they love it so much. The bombshell book, Confidence Man. Please welcome Maggie Haberman. Wow, wow. Star treatment, right? On the Colbert Show. Well, I bought the book. And it is a mess. All kinds of problems. And it doesn't lay a glove on our man, Donald Trump. All right. Now, what do they do? Of course, they call him a racist, all right? They call everything a racist. Everything's racist, right? They, call, they use it so much, it means nothing anymore. But they tried it. Listen. He told associates that one of his security guards disliked black people and was aggressive when they got too close to Trump. Trump called both statements false. That's a hell of a statement, right? Wow, somebody who worked for Trump got uncomfortable around black people. Next. Trump's most sustained encounters with black people came as he pushed beyond real estate and into the sports business. In 1983... In 1983, the Washington, I'm sorry, the New York generals and that kind of thing, the football foray. But what, again, oh, didn't associate until later in life. One more. Trump publicly demonstrated little interest in the civil rights movement though his college years coincided with one of the most intense and geographically widespread moments for race relations in our country's history. All right. Now, you'll remember, a security guard said that Donald Trump was uncomfortable around black people. Again, a hell of a thing to say. Unnamed, by the way. Well, let's hear from the director of security. His name was Robert Utsi. Between 1975 and 1978, he worked for the Trump Organization, and was the right-hand man of Donald Trump. September of 1975, I saw the listing for a chauffeur bodyguard. So this seemed interesting. So uh, I went out to the Mr. Trump's Brooklyn office, and I walked in, and there was uh, about six other uh, uh, police officers in my uh, situation also waiting for an interview. When I finally met him, I came into his office, a uh, firm handshake. He always had a firm handshake. We sat down and we talked, and he asked me uh, about my time in the police department, uh, asked me about my time in college. Uh, he asked me about uh, my uh, time as uh, captain of my school uh, karate team. And he got the job. He was hired. You know, she just kind of cavalierly says, oh, we had nothing to do with the civil rights movement. Well, shortly after college, he hired an African-American man. How many people can say that, that they hired anybody? Job creators are very special people in my book. And that beats walking in a march or yelling through a bullhorn. Next, please. 
I remember the plate number. That was the car, DJT, and his father's car, I think, had FT. Yeah, it was 40 years ago. Wow, yes. I was grateful for the job. Grateful for the job. And they spent all their time together. All the time. Pick him up at 8, 8.30. He's in the car, and uh, we're on a mission. was meeting with all these city officials and government people in order to get his project off the ground. You have to get approval from A, approval from B, approval from C. B was waiting for C if A approved it, then C approved it, and he playing ping pong. In 1975 through 1978, he's by his side. He's not famous. Back then, the word woke pertained to sleep. Donald Trump didn't do this for anybody's benefit other than his and his own never gets the credit he deserves. And phony drive-by media, isn't that what Rush called it? They just talk to themselves, anonymous leaks, and they call you a racist. It's disgusting. Seems like a nice guy. I'll be right back. I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind, and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you. Wow. Probably should have been arrested for that statement, threatening a uh, justice on the Supreme Court. He should certainly lose his bid for re-election. And Joe Pinion is the guy who could beat him. He is the Republican nominee for United States Senate uh, here in New York State. A former anchor right here on Newsmax. There he is hosting his show. And uh, Joe Pinion joins us right now. Joe, uh, welcome back. Uh, great to have you in this capacity. How are you? Well, we feel good. 14 days out and the man who's never lost an election, uh, the smallest uh, margin, he had 66% of the vote. Uh, and now here we are uh, with him spending millions upon millions of dollars, $7 million and counting in the last month alone because he knows what we all know, uh, that he is on the precipice of losing his perch in Congress uh, after 42 years down in D.C. Well, it could happen. And uh, look, we're a receptive audience. We're on your side. But tell us, what is this guy's major malfunction? What's wrong with him? Uh, look, he is a rubber stamp for the Biden administration. But more importantly, uh, his sole North Star is the pursuit of power. Uh, he no longer works for the 19 million people that call New York State home. That's why the salt deductions that we need are nowhere to be found, because they end up on the cutting room floor when he needs to cut a deal with Joe Manchin. Uh, that's why the carried interest loopholes uh, that are needed to make sure we can get rid of the actual excess on Wall Street and make those gains go to the middle class, they never seem to happen because the people that keep his campaign coffers filled with cash don't want them to go anywhere. So we can go on and on and on. But at the end of the day, the man who turned his blind eye to the three most dangerous words in politics, defund the police, the man who said that the border was more secure than ever before, 
while we have enough fentanyl coming across to kill every man, woman, and child that calls this nation home, uh, he now has the chickens coming home to roost, and the people of New York are getting ready to send them into the employment line, unemployment line, once and for all. Uh, Joe, we have a picture of you as a little kid. Let's uh, go ahead and put that up. And uh, as we do, ah, uh, oh, wow, that looks like uh, you're hanging out either with your girlfriend or your sister. Who's that? That's my cousin. So, uh, again, just uh, fond times as a young child growing up in Yonkers. But, again, the reason I'm in this race, places like Yonkers, New York, are not getting the services that they deserve. The average age of our public schools is 75 years and counting. They are crumbling. Kids are getting rained on in math class. Uh, we now lead the nation in outward migration. One million of our friends and neighbors have fled. Rochester, New York now has more murder per capita than Chicago, Illinois, Syracuse, the highest level of child poverty in the nation for any major city. So there's big trouble brewing here in New York State. It has all happened on Chuck Schumer's watch, 24 years in the United States Senate, doing very little for any of us, but accumulating power for himself and enriching his friends and allies. It would be amazing if you pull this off. And I think you can, Joe. I really think you can. For more information, go to JoePinion.com. JoePinion.com. Chuck Schumer, you are vulnerable. Thank you very much, Joe. Good luck. Absolutely, my friend. This is the year red waves come into every state, including New York. Make sure you call your friends in New York. Tell them this is the year we send Chuck Schumer packing. We love it. We love it. Thank you, Joe. And we'll be right back. Well, tonight, Dr. Oz versus John Fetterman. Uh, they're running for the U.S. Senate in Pennsylvania. Uh, the debate was tonight. Uh, I do think that Fetterman had a very bumpy time of it. Um, I got to watch a good chunk of it. Uh, you know who's somebody who knows how to win Pennsylvania? He's done it twice, is Rick Santorum. Two terms in the United States Senate. He knows all about Pennsylvania, all about America, all about Joe Biden, too. They work quite closely. Senator Santorum, welcome back to the show. Great to see you tonight. How are you? I'm doing great, Greg. How are you? Thanks Ter for having me on. You bet. Terrific. Hey, uh, your reaction to uh, the debate uh, in Pennsylvania? It was tough to watch. I'll be very honest with you. I mean, I, I've, I've watched a lot of debates, and uh, I've never seen one where a candidate was clearly just not able to answer questions, just not able to answer. Them. He, and when he did answer them, he rarely used all the time. He came in well short of all the time. It, he felt like Dr. Oz was talking most of the time because Fetterman, when he got his 60 seconds, would use a fraction of it and repeat one line over and over again, just sort of in different ways. Uh, it was not a, it was not a good I, I don't think the people of Pennsylvania expected someone as eloquent as, as Dr. Oz or even as a normal candidate. But I think what they saw is someone who uh, didn't answer questions, whether he didn't understand them or, or just didn't want to answer them. Uh, it was not a good showing. Uh, Oz, on the other hand, just to be somewhat critical of Oz, he actually came across a little tough at times and, uh, and interrupted a couple of times. And uh, when your opponent is obviously struggling as much as he is, uh, I think we saw from the first Trump debate with Biden, best to let them struggle and not interrupt them. Let them, uh, you know, not not try to assert yourself and uh, and be and be tough with them. And so I that could have been the negative for him. Uh, but it's pretty clear to me that uh, John Fetterman is is not up to speed to uh, to take on this job. Yeah, which entails a lot of uh, listening, reading, and speaking. And uh, these are the basics. Here's a and clarity here's a of thought. 
right? Yeah. I mean, it's just it's a clarity of thought. I mean, there's he he would he was asked a question. I remember about fracking, and they put out a quote saying, "I was never been for fracking. I'm against it." And he said on the debate that he's for it, and the and the moderator convinced him, "But wait a minute, I, you just said you were never for it. I'm for it." And he repeated it three times, and that was it. That was his answer. So right. again, I'm not. It's it's not just a matter of of communicating. It's a matter of conceptualizing thoughts and communicating those thoughts. So that's that's another clear problem that that uh, he has. Let's take a uh, let's take a quick look at uh, what went down tonight. Has the Biden administration overspent? And if so, where do you think spending should be cut? You have 60 seconds. No, here's what I think we have to fight about inflation here right now. That's what we need to fight about inflation, you know, right now, because it's a tax on working families. You know, I just uh, (laughs) wildly off message. I can understand Oz just, you know, not holding back, though. You know, this is everything's on the line and uh, it would be tough to not go in for the kill. Uh, But maybe maybe we'll uh, we'll see what everybody says. Hey, you won that very complex state. Twice (laughs) Uh, going into the final stretch here. What advice would you have for Dr. Roz? And if you had to give it to John Fetterman, what would you say to him? Well, I would say I would say to uh, to Dr. Oz, you know, stay on stay on message. Keep keep uh, keep pressing Fetterman on these issues of crime. They were devastating attacks on on Fetterman and his record on crime that that Fetterman didn't respond to. That's that's a very important issue. And and obviously, uh, you know, the support of a very progressive left wing big spending agenda that he's all about. So keep keep him on the issues, keep him on the defense. You know, if I'm Fetterman, I think at this point, uh, you know, you, you sort of have to either duck and hide, uh, and stay out of stay out of the limelight, try to keep, you know, run run more commercials against uh, uh, Fetterman, that, excuse me, against Oz than than he's being run uh, run against him. Uh, the other option is release your medical records and and put this issue behind you. Yeah. I, it's obvious if he's not going to release his records, that there's something there that they don't want to know. But I think after this performance, uh, the only thing I think that could save him is uh, releasing those records. Um, hey, you're in Pennsylvania, right next door to Delaware. Uh, you're 12 years. You overlap with Joe Biden. Uh, you probably had to work together. Maybe you saw him on the train a couple of times. Give us a sense of the man that you knew then and what's happening now. I mean, did you see this? I mean, some of the stuff is totally wacko now. What's he like? Yeah, first, well, first off, I didn't ride the train with him only because I'm from Pittsburgh, not from Philadelphia. So uh, I, I always defend my Pittsburgh roots when people accuse me of being from Philadelphia. Uh, but as far I did know Joe, and I, I worked actually against him most of the time. I didn't work with him on very many things, but I did. I was at odds with him on several pieces of legislation where we debated on the floor of the Senate. And I will say this. Joe was a very eloquent and loquacious person. I mean, he could talk on and on and on and on. And and you can you know, a lot of it was bluster. And but but Joe was very, very forceful, very dynamic. Uh, He loved to hear himself talk. It's just he's a shell of the person that that he was as a senator. And uh, it's really sad to see. I mean, he's just he seems frail. Uh, he's obviously uh, not uh, coherent at times when uh, when answering questions. He doesn't answer questions very often. That's just look. Joe was a vibrant, uh, vi- uh, vital, and loquacious person. Uh, that is not the Joe Biden that's in office right. Now. And also, let's just say he wasn't that liberal. I mean, he might have been kind of liberal, but he wasn't. You know, transgender yeah, was, day I of always, a what? 
Yeah, yeah. I always describe Joe as a guy who likes to paddle in deep water. So wherever the deepest channel is of the Democratic Party, that's where you're going to find Joe. And so you, if you look throughout his career, there's twists and turns like a river all over the place when it came to Joe Biden and his policies, because he always wanted to be where the cool kids were. And right now, the cool kids are progressives, and that's where Joe Biden is, is rowing his boat. Wow, that is the opposite of leadership, isn't it? Yeah, uh, it is. Wow. Rick Santorum, U.S. Senator Santorum, you get that title forever, and it's pretty awesome. Thank you, sir, very much. Thank you, Greg. We'll be right back. This country was made by tax rebels, freedom fighters, gold seekers, believers, lovers, and true patriots. We're Newsmax, and we're their heirs, and so are you. Newsmax TV, real news for real people. Ooh, that was a tough one. Tough night for Fetterman. Yikes, the reviews are ugly, ugly, ugly. And uh, looks like Zeldin uh, ooh, took care of business tonight against Kathy Hochul. Two big debates tonight. It is looking very, very good, everybody. Many thanks for watching. We'll see you tomorrow night. All the best.